Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Thanks a lot for hanging out. I do appreciate it. Now, look, I know we mix it up. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you participating, sending the emails and stuff. I do. And uh, just because I disagree doesn't mean I don't I don't like you. We get, I, I get along with... I can get I can get along with almost anybody, except Hamas. Like virtually anybody. Um, uh, but if they don't want to get along with me, then okay, fine. But I, I, you know, I just I, I have the the spirited discussions. I don't take them personally. I don't think you should either. Uh, and I don't ever mean uh, to cause any harm or distress. And by the way, for people, sometimes they listen to the program and they get very distressed, and they get frustrated with me, and they get angry. I get all these, I get blasted, you know, with with their their vim and vigor and venom. And I just always make the same recommendation, like you should totally just just find a different show to listen to. Because life's too short, you know? And I I I try to be entertaining and informative here, but uh if it doesn't uh if you know if it doesn't float your boat, then uh I would submit, you know, find a new peer. Um and I'm not directing that at anybody. This is just like a standard disclaimer, you know, that I just kind of give. It's okay. You don't have to like me. You don't have to like the show. It's totally fine. Um, because, you, but I, I guess I don't want to be responsible for anybody's deteriorating mental health. My goodness, I mean, who would want that? Anyway, seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten one eight hundred WBT eleven ten. Email is Pete at the Pete show.com. We have new congressional maps. Hang on. I think now we have. Wait. Oh, yeah. Now we have we have newer congressional maps. Wait, hang on a second. I'm being told we have another set of. Ma- and then wait, hang on. Another set of map. No, I'm kidding. We have we have a new round of maps. No idea if these will be the ones that we actually vote uh, uh, vote in. Uh, but uh, we've got some new maps. Uh, they were released yesterday. Uh, by the General Assembly. I'll get into that. Uh, there is also, though, a um, there has been, what was that, a worldwide alert for Americans from the State Department, from the U.S. government. So heads up, America. Apparently, some people did some things, and they would, uh, I, the government is saying we need to be on the lookout. Some people might want to kill us. I have no idea who it would be. I have no clue. It, I, they, I, they're, they're yelling something about like Hawaiian buffets, I think, or something. Aloha snack bar, I think, is what I'm hearing. I don't know. They're like Hawaiian buffet aficionados that are very, very angry. So just a heads up on that. Hello, Dan. Welcome to the program. What's going on? Hello, Pete. How are you? I love your attitude as far as how people <laughs> respond to things you say. Yeah. You know, I often think when I listen to some of your callers, their their sole focus is to convince you to, to buy into their point. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. oftentimes, it's obvious most of those folks have never had a debate class in their life. Um, you know, de- debating is not always about 
selling your point. It's about making it clear what you're talking about. Right. Um, no, and that's, and sometimes like I don't I don't even like I, and I'm not one that that argues positions that I don't believe in. But I always try to like I will say, well, you know, the other side would say, and then I'll try to bring in their argument. I'll try to make their point. But I also yeah. test people. I ask people basically like. When people call in and we discuss stuff, and this isn't directed at any particular caller. I don't want anybody to think I'm targeting them because this just is over the course of my career. Kind of I've experienced this in different ways. And I think also my the, the way I speak and my tone, my delivery conveys a certain hostility, maybe, um, but, uh, but it's not intentional. Uh, but like the other thing is I, I try to ask people, why do they believe the things that they're believing? They come and they'll make an assertion and they want the assertion to stand as the proof. But I want to know, like, what is backing up the assertion or why do they believe the assertion they're making? And uh, what I have learned over the years is, like, a lot of people cannot do that. They can't answer it. And that, and that's not for my benefit. I'm not asking you for your why. I'm a- For my benefit, I'm asking you for your why because you're going to make this assertion to somebody else at some point, and they're going to ask you why. And you better have an answer exactly. for them. Yeah. So my point, I actually, the reason I called, I wanted to say I believe – that the Democrats played Matt Gates like a cheap banjo. Ooh. He got seven of his compadres to join them to literally put the House of Representatives on the skids for how, however long the Democrats want it to be that way. Because they know that the, the moron Republicans, and I tend to lean their way, but frankly, they're acting like a bunch of kindergarten kids. At this point, yeah. Well, that's an interesting hypothesis. Yeah, if, like, even if they didn't know it would be successful, right? Like, because they, one of the reports I remember hearing was that Democrats had a deal with McCarthy that they would make sure that he wouldn't get ousted and he would let Pelosi keep her office and Steny Hoyer keep his office, their little hidden offices and all. And maybe there was some other stuff going on there, some other deals, you know, behind the scenes. And that was why they booted her and Hoyer out of their offices immediately. Um, but I think anytime you enter into a deal with the Democrats, you're dealing with the devil. Sure. Anything they tell you is a promise. And you know how politicians and promises are, right? Yeah, yeah. No, and I totally understand that. Well, I'm just saying that that, that McCarthy might have, might have thought that he had some Democrats, like a group, not all, but maybe just a couple that would vote uh-huh. present, that would just be enough where he could preserve. Because, like, I don't think he, I don't think he stands up there and says, bring it on, like he did. Right. If, if he As thought. my granddad used to say, silly monkey. Right. Well, like, I thought he, uh, he sounded like he was pretty confident. And maybe he just sold that lie. I don't know. Maybe he was bluffing and, and he got called on it. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's possible that Democrats could have just been like, look, we don't know how this is going to shake out, but we'll just go along with Gates and see what happens. Maybe he delivers. And then, yeah, like, what's the downside for them? Right. Certainly upset the chessboard. Right. But yeah, because otherwise, like, what's the downside for being in this position for them? There is none. I don't see a downside for them. Yep. Hey, thanks. Yeah. Have a great day. Yeah, Uh, Dan, I appreciate the call. That's uh that's an interesting hypothesis, right? I mean, yeah, because like they are the true beneficiaries of this because they get to get up there and make their Hamas-like speech. I'm sorry, that's not fair. I should not be equating all Democrats. Hashtag not all Democrats. Um, I mean, there are some, obviously, the squad, for example. But no, they, they, they get to get up there and play the PR game. Like, oh, I can't believe that they're doing this and holding us all hostages and all that, you know, like, 
they pretend that this is not what they want, that this is not beneficial to them, when indeed it is, because now the House can't do anything. And do you think Democrats want the House to do anything? No, of course not. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. Speaking of the uh, the uh, North Carolina or speaking of the House, the North Carolina Republican legislature has now proposed new congressional districts that, if approved, would likely unseat several Democrats and shift the state's balanced representation in the U.S. House well to the right. This according to WRAL's Will Doran. The state's balanced representation. It's a 7-7 split because mapmakers brought in by the North Carolina Supreme Court Democrat majority um, using special masters, one of whom was a virulent never-Trumper, helped fund and operate and run the uh, the anti-Madison Cawthorn stuff out West. Bob Orr, former state Supreme Court justice, former Republican. Now he's cast his lot with like Lincoln Project guys and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, so they drew a 7-7 split. This was, they gifted the seat to Jeff Jackson. They gifted a seat to Kathy Manning. They made it a 7-7 split. What because what they're what they're arguing for is a proportional representative system that we do not have in America. But they tried to do this because it benefited Democrats. Meanwhile, in Democrat controlled legislatures, they gerrymandered the bejeebus out of their states and they kicked almost every Republican out of their seats. Because that's that's how Democrats draw fair maps. Uh so quick heads up here, uh, the bottom of the hour at 2.30, there is a Pentagon briefing scheduled to discuss the uh, Israeli-Hamas war, so I'm not really sure why the Defense Department is going to be talking about this, but Joe Biden's got a, a an address scheduled for tonight at 8 p.m. So not clear what's going on, but it doesn't sound good. Um, all right, let me go uh, quickly to this, uh, finish up this uh, congressional map drawing. It's all the legislative maps, uh, state and uh, congressional level. North Carolina's 14-seat congressional delegation currently consists of seven Democrats and seven Republicans. Um, but lawmakers, they're actually doing the hearings. I think they're actually, uh, the Senate Redistricting Committee is just getting underway, I think like right now, um, up in Raleigh. The newly drawn districts would flip as many as four U.S. House districts from blue to red in the 2024 elections, a boost to national Republicans who control a shaky majority of just a few seats in the House, right? As you see with all of this stuff with the speaker vote. All told, North Carolina, where registered Democrats outnumber registered Republicans and unaffiliated voters make up the largest voting bloc, The state could be represented by up to 11 Republicans and as few as three Democrats in the House. So it's either going to. So there are 14 seats and uh, this is, you know, allocated or apportioned uh, by uh, the census data. Every 10 years and they divide up all of the the 435 House seats and they do it by population. I want to say each district is now somewhere around like 800,000 people per district, something like that. That's like the, the number 
Uh, and then so however many, um, however big your population is in the state, then you get that many seats. And so we picked up another seat. I think this one came from New York because they killed so many people up there during COVID. I think it was like, it literally came down to like a difference of about 100 people population wise. They lost a seat. We gained a seat. Um, North Carolina did. So actually, let me, because I mentioned these numbers. There was a piece over at the centersquare.com the other day. North Carolina voter voter registration switches for 2023 through the end of September show a net loss of almost 13,000 Democrats. Net loss for Democrats, 13,000. Net increases for Republicans and unaffiliated registrations. This is through the end of September. You have people obviously moving from Democrat to unaffiliated, Republican to Democrat, unaffiliated to either, whatever. So you got a lot of movement going on. So you got to look at like the net numbers. And in total, the net changes about 13,000 fewer Democrats, about 1,100, so 1,100 more Republicans. So they picked up about 1,100. And unaffiliated picked up. Almost 12,000. The state's more than 7.3 million registered voters were split. 36% unaffiliated, 33% Democrat, 30% Republican. 1% all the others. Green, Constitution, Libertarian, no labels. Which, uh, hello, you are a label. No labels is a label. Okay. I digress. The numbers continue to trend away from the Democratic Party towards unaffiliated and Republican registration, and that dates back more than a decade, actually. Democrats have been losing voters by registration for a decade. Since since September 29th, 2012, Democrats have lost a total. So for 10 years, they have lost a total of 375,000 registrations. Think about that. You've got people moving into the state. Our state has been growing faster than darn near every other state in America. We have picked up since I've been here doing news. So we had the 2000 census. We we picked up a, uh, I think we picked up a congressional seat in 2000. We picked one up in 2010 and another in 2020. Like we've got, I want to say, well, no, we had 12. Now we're at 14, right? So we picked up two seats since I've been doing this. Two seats. North Carolina, that's a massive population growth over 20 years and shrinkage, if I may say that word, um, in other states. California lost a seat for the first time in its history. So even as we're bringing in all these people, even as we're seeing the cities grow, where all, where Democrats tend to cluster, um, they're still losing registration. They've still lost 375,000. The current trajectory, according to Andy Jackson at the John Locke Foundation, if this trajectory sustains itself, Republicans will outnumber Democrats by the end of this decade. So when it comes to these redistricting plans, you keep hearing about this, you know, balance and we're a blue or we're a purple state and all of this. And Andy Jackson, by the way, has blown this idea up out of the water. You can look at the Senate races. You can look at the presidential contests. You can look at 
the Council of State races, the Supreme Court races, the, the statewide races, they all almost always go Republican. So people may be voting at the local level and splitting their tickets and stuff, but at the at the state level, it's it's always going Republican. So the registration numbers that to me don't really matter much. But what Democrats want to argue is for a proportional system. So if they can just register the voters, then they'll get credit and get the seats. That's what they're arguing for. Now, they'll say they're not, but that is what they're arguing for until they can get control. And then when they get control, then they're going to gerrymander everything like they do in the states they already control. So there you go. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply, will you be ready when the lights go out? By the way, with all of the um, the people that invaded the Capitol yesterday while there were votes occurring, thus obstructing a congressional proceeding, um, some arrests were made, I am told, but they were they were all pro Hamas and pro Palestine and stuff. And so I'm. Do we need to come up with a moniker for them? I mean, we got the J6ers. What was yesterday? October 18th. The Octateenthers? The O-18thers? I threw this idea out to uh, my uh, live stream folks last night and uh, had a great suggestion. The Hate-Teeners. Hate-Teeners. <laughs> the O-18ers. Maybe that's what we call them from now on. Of course, there's not going to I mean, they're not going to be like, you know, chasing these people down to the ends of the earth, seizing their bank accounts and the like, because it's different when Democrats do it. All right. Back to the WRAL piece by Will Duran. Republican leaders unveil their new congressional maps. Um, new maps for the state's 50 Senate districts and 120 House districts were also made public. Preliminary analysis indicates that the newly proposed legislative maps would maintain Republican majorities in both chambers and could result in continued supermajorities, right? So there are, this is one of the things that uh, the Republicans have been arguing on this is that had Democrats had a better year, and that's what the, the, all right, so 2022 was supposed to be a red wave wipeout for Democrats, right? Uh, that was the conventional wisdom, particularly early on when they were drawing all of the maps up. And so when the Democrats on the state Supreme Court within their majority, when they when they basically said, we're playing Calvin uh, Calvin ball, we're going to, you know, tell you your maps are not correct. We're not going to tell you how to fix them. And then when you try to fix them, we're going to say those are still not correct. And then we're going to, you know, kick it over to these people that we've appointed, one of whom has been like, um, you know, in communications with these lefty groups and stuff, like to the point where the lawyers arguing for the lefties at the state Supreme Court 
had to come out and divulge this stuff for fear of being disbarred. You know, they're like, whoa, 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 hang on a second. We need, like, one of the guys has been talking to some other guys. We need to let you ever, everybody know. And then, of course, the Supreme Court's like, yeah, it's no problem. Um, and those maps were drawn in order to insulate the Democrats from the red wave. Unfortunately for Republicans, the red wave never really materialized, except in Florida. Um, and so they were not able to, uh, uh, the Republicans were not able to overcome the, the way that the maps were drawn. But at the state level, the House and Senate seats, those maps, there were, there were districts in there that were winnable for Democrats, but they could not win them because of the turnout, because their brand was so toxic in North Carolina. In fact, in 2020, they couldn't even win these seats. They, they lost these swing seats, too. That's not the Republicans' fault, right? That's the candidates' fault, the Democrats' fault. They didn't win those swing districts. Their message doesn't resonate outside of a particular coalition. And I suspect they may have even more problems considering what we've seen out of them in the wake of this Hamas massacre. Oh, by the way, did you the latest uh, the AFP? You know what that is? The it's like the French AP news service. It's like Agence from from French press, whatever. The um, the AFP they reported that the uh, apparently the 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 death toll from the hospital that the Palestinians blew up themselves which actually wasn't the hospital. It was the parking lot right next door to the hospital that killed supposedly 500 people that the Hamas folks told the media that it was 500. And then the media promptly reported all of that as true. Now AFP says the body count or the death toll is somewhere between 10 to 50. So missed it by that much. That's it. Just doesn't matter right it doesn't matter at this point and i'm not saying that every single loss of life isn't tragic it is those are tragedies those innocent people that had gone to the hospital hoping that they would be protected either due to ignorance that they don't know hamas stores weapons and command control operations in their hospitals i don't know or they thought surely we'll be safe here maybe somebody told them that or maybe they were injured trying to get in whatever they went there because they thought it was going to be safe for them. And their own people trying to kill Jews launched a rocket that failed and went off course and killed them. Anyway, back to the, uh, the redistricting stuff here. Because there's going to be, like, I've got a whole stack of the Israeli stuff. I do. Uh, and there's more information coming out now, but... Like I want to, I'm trying to work in these different stories because they're not getting a lot of coverage, and I'm not spending enough time on some of this stuff. So I'm trying to balance it, um, so it's not just all Israeli Hamas war all the time. Um, so the uh, the new map. So we've got uh, 50 Senate districts to 120 House districts. GOP likely to maintain their majorities in both chambers, maybe super majorities. 
uh, depending on, you know, turnout and all of that, maps that give the GOP such lopsided victories don't match the overall political makeup of North Carolina, where recent statewide races for president, governor, and U.S. Senate have often been nearly tied, separated by only a small margin. See, there's Will Duran inserting this narrative that is a narrative that calls for proportional representation. But again, we don't have that. If you want to see an example of what that looks like, look at Israel or look at Britain. They've got these parliamentary systems where what the total turnout is and the votes cast and that dictates how many seats you get. And then you got to end up building all these coalitions and, you know, it, it all gets disrupted. Like that's, you know, like that's why they have like, oh, now I'm going to step aside. I'm going to call for an election. I'm going to do this. And then the whole order gets shifted around all the time. It's just chaos, kind of like what we're seeing right now with the uh, speaker vote. Like that's. That's more of the norm in these parliamentary systems. But we don't have that here. And and we have rules in our Constitution that dictate how the districts are drawn. And those rules largely determine, I mean, like, number, like the biggest one, in my mind, at least, is that you got to keep counties whole. You can't cut counties up. So... I think Lincoln County is uh, is like the, the poster child for this. Um, on the House side, because there are 120 seats, and you divide them equally among the population. And so whatever that number is, I forget what it is. Maybe it's like eight uh, or uh, 80,000 or something like that. And that's a House district. It's like 80,000 people, something maybe. Well, that's Lincoln County. They have like... Like almost to the number, Lincoln County has had that that population. So Lincoln County gets its own representative because under the principle of keeping counties whole, you do that. Now, in a county like Mecklenburg, you got to cut it up because we have so many people in Mecklenburg. That's how you end up with all of these different house districts that are much smaller geographically, but have the same number of people as all of the others. That's the idea. And when you have people of the Democrat persuasion that cluster themselves in the urban areas or in urban counties, you're going to have much more compact districts, right? And counties are going to be carved up. And once you start carving up a county like Mecklenburg, now you are able to kind of reach into it and pull some parts out. And there are some parts around the perimeters of the county, uh, you know, like Mecklenburg and Wake and Buncombe, that they share more in common with the people on the other side of that county line. Because then you get into the constitutional uh, provisions on on the uh, the Democrats have always called them clusters, but these groupings Republicans call them groupings, right? Where certain counties, in order to make the population numbers, they have to be grouped together, and they share similarities, political, cultural, geographic, whatever. And they have these groupings. And once you start putting in place, once you start drawing the maps based on what are what are the rules. You actually have very little left to gerrymander. It's just structurally baked into the cake against Democrats because of where they've sorted themselves. All right. You may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while. And it's a great organization. They got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid. And back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. It's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. 
There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. So the North Carolina General Assembly makes their um, uh, maps public. They're debating them, um, and uh, then they'll you know they'll, they'll vote these things through. They're going to get sued. Um, just it doesn't really even matter what kind of maps they produce unless it's what the Democrats draw. Democrats never get sued by these leftist groups, by the way. Because Democrats obviously know how to draw the fair maps, right? They did it for 150 years, keeping themselves in power. Um, and so obviously they knew what they were doing when they were racially gerrymandering. Um, yeah, and diluting and cracking and packing and doing all of that stuff. So when they, and now, so that's why I guess the Republicans don't know how to do that as well or something. I don't know. Because Democrats, for some reason, they were doing all of these things. But the leftist groups never sued them. It's a brain buster. Maybe I'll never figure it out. I don't know. Phil Berger, the Senate leader, said Democrats are only competing in 20 to 30 counties across the entire state. And that might be a viable strategy for squeaking out a win in the occasional statewide race. But you cannot build a legislative majority in a state with 100 counties when you only compete in a quarter of them. Right. Now, the Democrats would like to argue that, well, land doesn't vote, right? Because these rural counties are are sparsely populated, right? But some of these districts are really, really large. I mean, some of them are ridiculously large. And look, I looked at some of these maps last night, and yeah, some of them are like the congressional ones, especially like, mm, like, I don't know what a gerrymander is, but I don't know it when I see it. And I'm looking at this map and I'm thinking, yeah, this one's probably going to go down. North Carolina does have one of the nation's largest rural populations. But at the same time, the 20 largest counties have about twice as many people as the other 80 counties combined. Let me say that again. The 20 biggest counties, so 20 out of 100, 20 biggest counties, add up all those people, and then take all the other 80 counties, add up all those people, and the 20 counties have twice as many people. So there's a lot. Look, like I'm unaffiliated. I'm in Mecklenburg County. Right? I tend to vote for Republicans. Sometimes I'll throw myself into the Democrat primary just to cause a little bit of chaos. <laughs> but that's, yeah. So, but like, I don't know how they, I don't know how anybody would kind of, try to mark me down on the lists of, uh, and they do this, the campaigns do this. They know who votes and they vote early and all that. And I must probably baffle them um, unless some campaign worker comes along and they recognize my name or something. But uh, there's like, to me, there's a, there's limited value in this kind of analysis when you just kind of take this high level look and say, Oh, the County is this. And so that's the population. Well, well, yeah, but a lot of Republicans don't end up voting in city elections because there are no candidates to vote for literally none which is why republicans need to actually field candidates and run the races they need to do this work they need to offer the alternatives 
because turning out candidates in the local races drives up the statewide totals. You need this. You, you even if it's even if it's like a hundred thousand or fifty thousand, whatever it is. I think it's a hundred thousand Republicans in Mecklenburg County. You need those. You need them at a state level. And so, in order to get them out at the state level, you got to give them a ballot that's you know attractive enough to go vote in. Especially like especially if you've got uh, top of the ticket races where you don't like either of the candidates. This is the problem for. For Trump, and I know people who love Trump don't want to hear this, but there are a lot of Republicans that are not motivated to go vote for Trump. They may be motivated to go vote for Mark Robinson, or maybe not, right? So if they're not motivated to go vote for either of those top-of-the-ticket races, what happens to all of the other statewide races? What happens to all of the down-ballot races? All of this is part of the, uh, the, the political equation. All right, so stick around. Brett Winterbull's coming up next to the Defense Department briefing. I think it went underway, but the president speaks tonight. I will talk with you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.